Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to On The Air with Sonny Clark, your internet radio source for all things Rowlett and the surrounding areas. Join Sonny Clark as he talks to vital people in the area on subjects that affect Rowlett. Listen for the community's calendar, sports, politics, and more. So now, here's Sonny Clark. And welcome back into On The Air with Sonny Clark as what we're doing here is making sure that the citizens of Rowlett are informed, whether we have the mayor on, whether we have other people on who are running for offices. That's what we're doing here, especially as we're moving close to a November 4th election and things of that sort. We want to make sure that we can at least get something out to where people can be informed. That's why we're on air today here with Sonny Clark. I got a special guest that I met on Thursday at the uh, Thursday meeting that happens as far as the Chamber of Commerce. It's called Make a Connection. And we we sometimes have representatives of uh, people who are running for office. And sometimes we actually have the person who is running there. That's what happened this past Thursday. I ran into my guest right now. He is running for a spot for the Senate Senate race. Let's bring him in. It's Nathan Johnson. How are you doing? Nathan. Very good, Sonny. Thank you for having me on. And thanks for taking the time as we're always trying to get it all set. District 16, that's the area that you're running for. Let people know. First of all, let's find out what is and where is District 16 that you're running for. Senate District 16 is actually a very big place. There's 875,000 people in the district. That's bigger than the U.S. congressional race. Uh, imagine a big rectangle that starts at the northern part of downtown northern part of downtown Dallas. It goes west all the way to Tarrant County, north all the way to Collin County, east all the way to Rockwall County, and then back down to downtown. Now, there's a bunch of chunks that are gerrymandered out of it. That's the way we do things around here. But you get the idea. It's uh, it's big and it's inclusive. We've got uh, the Park Cities, North Dallas. We've got uh, Carrollton, Farmers Branch, Capel, Garland, Rowlett, and Addison. So there's a, a great diversity of people. It's a wonderful district, and I am glad to be running for it. And talking a little bit about you and what you're all about, you're on the Republican side of this thing. Who are you running against, and what uh, you know? What do you think? Maybe some of the differences, maybe not too deep of what the differences are, but uh, some of the differences between you and maybe your people that are opposing you for your seats. No, actually, I'm on the Democratic side of this thing. Uh, I'm the Democratic nominee going up against the Republican Don Huffines. Uh, Don, what are some of the fundamental differences? Honestly, I think that Senator Huffines uh, has moved so far to the right that he no longer represents even the Republicans in this district. Um, I think that the Democratic voice and the Republican uh, practical, productive Republicans, which I think is the majority of this district, are going to be coming out in our favor. Uh, some of the differences are that I am approaching this from the standpoint of people need to be productive, people need to be treated well, and when we invest in our people, they are productive and our state prospers. Uh, we need to approach all things with a, uh, a fiscally conservative attitude um, as far as how we educate our people, make sure they're healthy, make sure we have an infrastructure uh, Senator Huffines is much more of the mindset of the most effective thing to do is just cut whatever we can. Uh, that only goes so far. You can only cut things that are unproductive. Uh, we can't cut productive things, and we do need to invest in our people and in our infrastructure. Uh, that, I think, is kind of the fundamental Talk difference here. Talk a little bit about that investing in people. What do we have to do, whether it be within the form of the government or within the cities themselves? What do we have to do in order to do that, which is, in, you know, getting in there with the people and investing in the people? It, it's all about priorities, Sonny. Public education, I think, is on everyone's mind because there is there's no greater investment that we can make as a state, as cities, 
Uh, and it's something that has suffered, especially in the past five years. Uh, we really do need to put more of our state's general revenue into the public school system. Uh, every economist in the world will tell you, you get a tremendous return, particularly on early education investments. Uh, but, but throughout the educational system, through high school, through community colleges, uh, professional schools, universities, that is where we should be putting more of our money. And we need to do it carefully. We're not just going to drop helicopters full of money on schools. We're going to use it wisely. And I think there are a number of people in the legislature right now, a number of people outside of government who are advising the legislature. And we're going to see some innovative ideas come about that are going to tell us how we can invest, a, frankly, a fairly modest amount of additional money and still see some tremendous improvement in our public school. Uh, so that's the one area above all else where I think we need to pay a lot more attention. Uh, and we'll get a great return of it uh, from it in terms of public schools in, a couple, in, in three ways. Look, educated kids grow up to be virtuous citizens, productive citizens. We will have, we will have people who are, are ready to take part in our economy, contribute to our culture, and they make good employees and they attract businesses. So it, it's a win all around. Having a win-win is great uh, as far as that's concerned, especially after a child goes through the, the schooling. But as of right now, if you take a look at some of the numbers between 2008 and 2015, Texas saw the sixth highest decline in state funding levels. So that, that means something has to be done when you only have six other states in the country that are worse than you, I would think, with the size of an of a area that's Texas. So... Some people are going to ask, where are our property taxes going to? It's supposed to go to schooling. What about the lottery? What about the billions that are thrown into that? Is that making it into the school system? And those are some of the big questions regarding education that are out there. Yeah, those are the huge questions, really, is how are we going to pay for this stuff? Um, we definitely need to invest more, and it is, it's the responsibility of the legislature to figure out where that money comes from, uh, particularly when we're seeing our, our local property taxes just spiraling upward at a time when our school yep. spending is basically flat at best. And that's on a lot of people's minds. And it's Republican and Democrat. Why do we have a lottery that's supposed to fund education? Why do we have property taxes that are supposed to fund education? And those are, you know, apparently not increasing the amount of money for education. The answer is this. The state government historically in Texas has contributed around half of the amount of money that it takes to fund public education, while local property taxes have contributed uh, the other half. I'm excluding from this whole thing the fact that we do get a bunch of money from the federal government, but as between the state and local property taxes, it's historically been about 50-50. But what's happened around the state as our economy has boomed, as people are learning this is an attractive place to move to and live, our property values have risen. And so when you're paying the same tax rate, you end up paying more in property taxes for your house. Well, the legislature looks forward to that every couple of years and says, well, it looks like we're going to be getting more of these people's property taxes, so we will put in less. So every time your property taxes go up by $100, that's $100 that the state declines to put into your school. So your taxes go up, education spending stays flat, and that money is going to less productive avenues. And we need to redirect that money back into the schools. Uh, as far as the lottery, we've got exactly the same phenomenon. Uh, money is what we call fungible. It, it, a dollar is a dollar is a dollar. Whether it comes from um, whether it comes from a vehicle registration fee or uh, the lottery or some other source, unless it's specifically earmarked to go to something, it just goes into a general fund. Now, in the case of the lottery, let's suppose a million dollars is supposed to go straight into education. The legislature can do the same thing it does with your property taxes. Aha. The lottery's got more money coming in. That's, that's that much less that we have to put in from general revenue. Um, so it really was sort of um, misleading to suggest that the lottery would benefit education. And there's plenty of other intelligent things people can say about whether or not to have a lottery, but the idea that it was going to fund our public schools, um, if it was ever true, it's certainly not true today. Definitely not true today. Do you foresee us being in the same situation we saw Arizona in just a couple of months ago where we have, for lack of a better word, a mutiny against the, um, the way uh, teachers are being treated and not being paid? Do you foresee something like that happening within our state or basically within our area as well? I, I sure hope not. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, 
we are working very hard to increase the pay for teachers. Uh, I do, I'm optimistic that this next legislative session, we are going to see uh, increases in the teachers' retirement benefits. We're going to see improvements in the health care sponsoring that we do for retired teachers and give some security to our, our current teachers in that uh, as well as increased salaries. There's so much, uh, there's such a deep agreement uh, among Texans that we need to pay our teachers well. Uh, and, and I think the teachers know that uh, good things are coming. And so I, I don't think we're going to see a mutiny right now. And one, uh, one, one other that? thing on that, let me say one other thing on sure. that, Sonny, sorry. But, but the Texas teachers are, are really dedicated to teaching kids, and I don't think they would take lightly the idea of disrupting the education system uh, at a time when we have so much hope for making their working conditions better. They're, they're dedicated to their students. And not to say anything bad about Arizona teachers, I'm not aware of the Arizona politics or their salaries. Uh, I know that right now here, our teachers are dedicated to our students and our legislators working hard to uh, improve um, their compensation and overall the way we treat them because we appreciate them. Yeah, and it's interesting that you, you made the point, and just going by memory, and gosh, I hope I'm right, but I think it was back in 2015 where the Texas law, uh, lawmakers, they passed a multi-billion uh, multi dollar tax relief program that increased property taxes, and but in turn, they cut the business franchise tax by 25%, and I know people are interested in why that happened. Do you have the answer to that question by any chance? Well, I'm not sure there's an easy answer to any of these political questions. I can, I can tell you the forces that are at play there. The, there's always been a, not always, but for a long time, there's been a uh, franchise tax in Texas, a business, effectively a business tax. There was um, a movement for property tax relief some years ago, not too long ago, uh, and the, the franchise tax was turned into the today's business margins tax. Um, right. It hasn't been very well received, uh, and as I understand it, it treats, it, it, it's much heavier and much more onerous on some forms of businesses than it is upon others. Uh, and for those on whom it falls heavily, it, it, it is and seems unfair. Uh, there's also a great concern that when you are taxing businesses, you're interfering with job creation and you're holding back the economy. So the idea was that we'll just keep cutting back this tax. It'll spur growth in the economy, and that growth will generate more taxes, and the tax cut will pay for itself. Now, Got it. uh, we've heard that theory a number of times, uh, and to some extent, it can work. Right? We want businesses to be unbridled by unproductive regulation. We don't want to tax them into submission or hold them back. But, but I'm not in favor of blowing holes in budgets. So until you are able to uh, replace revenue that you're cutting, don't be so quick to cut it. Now, if we could phase out the margins tax, if we could eliminate it altogether and do so in a way that preserves our budget, great. But, uh, but I, I do think our legislature has been too hasty, and the proof is in what we've wound up with. We've enacted these yeah. tax cuts, and we've wound up with budget shortfalls in, in many of our critical services, which reminds me of something a friend said to me. It's okay to pay for stuff. It doesn't help businesses to have an uneducated, unhealthy population that can't get to work because we have a crumbling infrastructure. Now, we don't want to saddle businesses with all the expense, but, but let's move carefully. Let's lower taxes when we find another way to, to put that revenue in place. And I think there are ways. I, again, I'm optimistic. Texans are industrious and innovative, and we can do this. But the simple answer is often not the right one. Okay, now what we're going to do now, folks, we're going to take a quick break here on the air with Sonny Clark. And when we come back, we'll hear more from the Democratic candidate, Nathan Johnson, who is running for the Texas uh, Senate in District 16. We'll take that quick break on the air and we'll come back with more from Nathan Johnson. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. 
proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway. Suite 100 in Rowlett or give them a call at 963-506-4483 or check them out on the web at www.mychainlees.com. Being taken for a ride? Check out Coslow Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Coslow Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road, where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nesteggadvice.com. Uh, talking a little bit more. Let, let's go. Why? Why are you running for this seat? I, I, is there? What, what got you into the position to decide that? Hey, I, Nathan Johnson. I think I'm the right person for this job more so than whether it be Huffines or anybody else. Well, we, we all go after something uh, because we're interested in it, and we start with that. I've I've been interested in politics for ever. Um, but I've also been pretty impressed with the ability of Democrats and Republicans in Texas to work together in a productive way. Um, what made me want to run right now is I, I think that not only is in jeopardy, I, I think we're, we're kind of going backwards on that. The, there's um, a lack of cooperation between the parties and a, and a tribalism 
that resembles the dis- dysfunction of Washington. And, and I and many other people uh, think that's the wrong way for Texas to go and, and think that the people in the office right now are making the problem worse, not better. Um, I figured I could pull it off uh, based on a number of factors um, as somebody who has owned a small business, as somebody who has worked for very large companies and for individuals about to lose their home. I've seen a broad spectrum of the way the business world works with human beings, uh, how economic forces are dependent on public forces, are dependent on the philanthropic sector, and I've uh, I've been a volunteer in schools. I've been active in uh, many civic organizations, coach soccer teams. I get this district. I know people. I've lived here for 25 years. And between the networks that I've developed as a professional, uh, as an artist, as a volunteer, through my wife's extensive network in her career as a as a lawyer and her philanthropic work, I feel like I know these people and that there are a great number of people out there who would support me. Uh, at the same time, um, I feel that Senator Huffines, um, for all his good intentions, I think he intends to make the state better too. I think, however, he is out of step with this district. And when a district that elects a, a mayor like Mike Rawlings, uh, a business Democrat, and a senator like John Corona, who is a level-headed, thinking conservative, um, that's, that's this kind of district. And I don't see Senator Huffines as fitting within that. So... Uh, I looked out at the landscape and said, I think that I can draw Republican support and Democratic support at the same time, take this seat, get down to Austin, and restore a productive conversation, because that's what we used to do in Texas. You know, uh, Senator Corona worked very well with the Democratic Senator Royce West, and we had a uh, Democratic Lieutenant Governor Bob Bullock, who endorsed the Republican Governor George Bush. Historically... Texans have been productive people, and I think I can get in there, and I think I can help us move us back in that direction. You talk about lack of cooperation between peoples within parties. Do you think that starts from the top? I mean, because obviously there's a lot of talk about some of the things and how the country is being uh, being led. Do you think that has a trickle-down effect on what we're seeing here in Texas? I I really do. Um, I don't know how much the the effects of the, the federal dysfunction is really affecting us uh, in Texas. I think it does to some degree um, because the newspapers report what happens in Washington, right? They don't, they don't report a whole lot about what happens in Austin. So we see everybody uh, professing to, to go in and fight for this and fight for that and yelling at each other. Uh, and that becomes the conversation. We get on Facebook, we get on Twitter, and people take sure. extreme positions and shout. And, it, and it's kind of this fun game, this kind of national pastime. But this is much too serious for us to be playing games uh, with, with digging into positions and being unwilling to listen to each other and compromise and be productive. I, I do think that tone gets set uh, in Washington and through the media. And I think to a large degree, uh, it's been set by our leaders in Austin at higher levels. I agree with you 100%. And that that, that trickle-down effect uh, being so standoffish against even compromise is the big thing. And and we all know in, in politics no one's going to agree 100%. That's where compromise has to go in. And that goes into some certain things that we that we got to talk about as far as where the direction of our country or our state is concerned. And one of them is health care. It's obviously a big, big issue, whether it be on the federal or the state level, but it is an issue uh, even amongst people who are quote-unquote blue-collar people. We got people who have insurance but still can't afford health care because of deductibles and things of that sort. What is your idea of health care regarding whether it be just here in Texas or across the country? Health care, oh, I have a lot to say about that. Uh, there's this yeah, big national do, debate about. We're, we're only going to be on for you know 20 to 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, so I'll keep I'll keep this to uh, under an hour. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding, but it's it's an important topic. You know, there's Absolutely. this national debate about whether healthcare is a right or a privilege, um, and that debate has always struck me as unproductive, uh, and and so, and it could be even insulting. You know, is, is it a right? Uh, many people on the left believe that it is. Um, I see that we've got a right to free speech. Um, we've got a right in the, in the Texas Constitution to a public education. Uh, but for the most part, we don't, we don't see a statutory right, we don't see any document giving us a right to health care. 
Uh, but to call it a privilege, think about that, right? I mean, flying first class, vacations in the Bahamas, having a boat, you know, those things are privileges. Healthcare? Mm-hmm. Healthcare is absolutely a fundamental necessity. So what we're left yeah. with, let's stop arguing about right and privilege and, and just decide what do we as a people want to do? Do we want to make sure people have health care? I, I do. I, I do. And I think most of us do because we're more productive mm-hmm. that way. There is no question that our health care system is deeply troubled. It was troubled before the Affordable Care Act. It's deeply troubled after the Affordable Care Act. Premiums are wildly out of control. We've got to bring health care yep. costs down. A lot of that is going to take place at the federal level. And I'm running for state government, not federal. However... At the state level, there is much we can do and much that we're failing to do right now. The expansion of Medicaid is something Texas has failed to do. And it, that's often viewed in terms of, you know, are there some, some poor people who we can take care of by expanding Medicaid? Absolutely. Yes, there are. Should we? Absolutely. Yes, we should. But there's more to the picture. Our overall health care quality and costs will come down if we expand Medicaid in Texas. Other states that have enacted that have seen this. Why? Because hospitals have to get paid somehow. There's a great deal of uncompensated care. When you expand Medicaid, the amount of uncompensated care, that is the costs that hospitals eat because no one pays for it, goes down because they do get paid. They don't yep. get paid a lot. You know, the Medicare reimbursement rates ain't great but they're going to be losing less money on uncompensated care. <clears throat> that means they don't have to mark up your costs and my costs as much as they otherwise would have to, which could bring down your insurance rates. Also, Medicaid, if it's implemented correctly, and that's a big if, can tend to drive people from the more expensive forms of health care to less, less expensive forms of health care. And that's something that we've got to do. It'll, it'll keep people healthier fewer days off work, and instead of, uh, let, me, let me give you an example, um, Parkland Hospital uh, created private maternity rooms, and we know that a lot of the people going into those maternity rooms are not going to pay their bills. They're not going to be able to pay right. their bills, so why would you give them a private room instead of uh, putting multiple in there and saving money? And, and the answer is because it doesn't save money. When you have a private room, the infection rates go way down. And women come in and they're out in two, three days healthy with a healthy child. And when you pack a bunch of people into a room because you're strapped for cash or whatever, what you wind up with is high rates of infection and uh, sick mothers and sick babies who are now in intensive care for you know months at a time running up huge bills. If we can keep people healthier by making smart investments like expanding Medicaid, like treating people right and giving them a private maternity room, we lower our costs. And that's kind of a theme uh, for me politically. I think if we make the right investments, we can reduce our overall outlays. Our health and human services budget, a lot of Republicans will tell you, is huge. And they're correct. But the answer is not to just shut it off. I mean, if, if you're bleeding and they're, and they're going through a bunch of blood bags, say, wow, this guy's taking too much blood. You don't just turn off the blood supply. You figure out what's causing the bleeding and you fix it. Mm-hmm. And then you taper down the supply. And, and I think we just need to take uh, that approach as well to uh, the investments we, we make as a state. Sorry, that was a longer answer than your question called for, but... No, but no, um, it, it's perfect, but it, it leads into what, what you're talking about as far as on your card. Yeah, there's, there's something to be said about a card. When you get someone to hand you your card, there's something that's on the top of your card that, that goes right into this and says... So, you know, the right priorities for Texas. Is that the right priority for Texas? And what is an example of the things that are not the right priority for Texas? Well, that's a fair question since this is at the top of my card. So the right priorities are to put money in education. The right priorities are to include um, expanding Medicaid. Um, I think another priority is attending to our infrastructure. Um, we have to plan for a water supply for the future. I don't think we've done enough for that. Uh, I think we need to make sure that we have um, water delivery systems that are safe and sound and will be for decades to come so we don't run into the kind of problems that Michigan did. I think we need to look at our highway system and ways of funding them. And I think that's a place where Senator Huffines and I have a sharp disagreement. Um, and, I, and I say this at some political risk, but you know, people know me who people who know me know that I'm willing to 
to say things where there might be disagreement. Um, I sure. think that toll financing, managed toll lanes, are a useful tool, not a solution, but a useful tool as we try to alleviate traffic in uh, various parts of our state, especially in North Texas, where we have some highly congested areas. Um, and I think it's a matter that should be left up to local transportation authorities. Uh, Senator Huffines uh, pretty much says over my dead body, no tolls, no tolls, no tolls. Um, I, like everyone else, would just like to drive 75 miles an hour down a, a clean blacktop uh, with no bumps in the road and have it be free. Absolutely. But, but I'm not willing to take $5 billion out of the public school system and put it into my highways. I, I would rather pay a buck on the road and let the kids be educated well and have the teachers paid well. Um, at the same time, we have learned from studies, and I used to, be, I used to think that tolls were a bad idea because that's what I'd read in the newspaper 20 years ago. Uh, I don't think we ought to have toll roads everywhere. But where regional transportation authorities have determined that we can build a new road and that we will have free lanes that move faster than the existing lanes, and we will have not free lanes where people who are in a hurry, like the air conditioning service guy who wants to do five jobs that day instead of three, or someone for who, who just really values their time and has a bunch of money, They'll pay a toll. They will finance those free lanes. And we've got seven projects going because we leverage the available financing instead of one. That means fewer cars sitting in traffic. It means less pollution. It means fewer fatalities, fewer accidents, fewer police who are having to rush to the scene so they can be out there fighting crime. Wow, there's a lot of really serious considerations behind that whole question of toll, no toll. And I right. think if you're going to talk about the right priorities for Texas, it means really understanding the issues and not given facile, taking facile, you know, dig in positions, what really works for Texas. Okay, now what we're going to do now, folks, we're going to take a quick break here on the air with Sonny Clark. And when we come back, we'll hear more from the Democratic candidate, Nathan Johnson, who is running for the Texas uh, Senate in District 16. We'll take that quick break on the air and we'll come back with more from Nathan Johnson. This is Sonny Clark Radio, voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggy's Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggy's Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggy's Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggy's Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, 
or Rowett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus, two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation. Restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. And, and just real quickly on the toll, so, you know, I, I, the only thing I got a problem with is if I'm paying for the toll and I'm stuck in traffic, I'm mad as hell. But take away from Ooh, that. Ooh, no, that's Indiana, a bad deal, Indiana, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it seems like it's a bad deal because if you can go faster on one, you don't have to pay for it. it it's kind of – but I get the both sides. I got to fix that, and it's more of a joke than anything. But, but how long is too long? I mean, because I've been here since 2005, okay? I've seen the George Bush tollway be a George Bush tollway uh, pay, being paid for for many years. And not only that, I, I'll just put it out there, and I'll be, be honest, Nathan, the, the cost of the tolls are not – they're not even close to reasonable. They're, they are so unreasonable, it's unbelievable and unfair, I think, to just the local person that even is willing to pay for the, pay for the toll. I think it's too high. What, what do you tell people in the response to that? Well, part of it's because of the way certain toll what roads are structured. George Bush, you don't have the option to use a free lane. Um, I think the future viability of toll financing is where you combine uh, free, faster-moving lanes with optional toll lanes so that you then have the and, – and the, the data that I've seen shows that you will still move faster on those free lanes than you can right now when we put in mm -hmm. these toll lanes. And then if you, if you really are in a hurry, oh, my gosh, I'm late for my wedding, here's three bucks, Right. Uh, you can you can jump into the toll road. So you got to take right. people's concerns seriously. If it, it's costing you a ton of money to get to work, uh, the other thing is these are local decisions. You will have some input. Your city council people will sit on the regional transportation board, and you can tell them, I don't want a toll road, or I don't want a toll road that charges me this much money, or after ah. those tolls are done, I want the tolls to stop, or I want that toll financing to go in to fix the traffic lights in my neighborhood. All of these are things that I trust people to make good decisions and to communicate with their local governments. I don't think it's my job as a state senator to shut that conversation down. That's yeah. one thing. Can I go back to your, your bigger... Just interrupt, 
I'll just interrupt really quick on that. You know, it, 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 and and this is just within the the city of Rowlett. I don't I don't trust state. You know, the the new regime that's in there. I love the new regime, and it's not necessarily a knock against it. But when we only got two thousand people out of the thirty five thousand people that are voting for things that in this city, which is a real dis disgusting number in my personal opinion. We know as people, as citizens of Rowlett that we're not being heard. The only thing that are being heard are the special interests that that need to be heard or certain people want to be heard and those usually get voted in. I have So, yet, so tell me about that two and thirty five thousand. Tell me what, tell me what and I want to get to back to prior tell me I want to get back to prioritors in a minute, but tell me what you mean about the two thousand and thirty five thousand. Okay, the thir there's 35,000 registered voters in the city of Rowlett. Only 2,000 of them show up to vote, and that's what the that's yeah. what the putrid feeling that I got. And then those 2,000 people are making the policies for the city, and while the other 34,000 are sitting on their butt, not and just complaining about it more so than getting out there. It's one of my disgusts, but I don't trust that. I don't trust the fact that. The, the the George Bush doesn't need to be there if everybody feels it doesn't be there, whether it will be heard or not. And that's one of the things as far as being a citizen of this city, I feel is a big problem. It, it's really a very strong point uh, that you're making there. Uh, and it's one of the reasons I don't, I don't favor uh, Governor Abbott's tax cap proposal. I don't want to trust uh, an angry sliver of the population to be controlling how we, whether or not we pay police. But, but back to your point there as to the toll roads, um, and I can tell this is an important issue to you, um, I don't think, I think we need to be careful before we, we trust some knight in shining armor down in Austin to lay down the law and stop this or that because we're disappointed in the local process um, because that yeah. can run away from us. And, and the answer that, is we need to get that local statement. process working well. Um, and, and this may be an area where you and I disagree today and we agree next week. Um, and, sure. I'm, and I'm glad you brought it up because one of the things I think that, that that's very important, uh, and, and, I, and believe me, I am sensitive to your concerns, I think it's very important that people understand that it's okay to disagree about stuff. Absolutely. Um, otherwise, we're not going to make any progress. Can I get, but you asked me about the right priorities, and I started telling you some of the priorities that, that, that are the right priorities. But it also implies you know, the other side of it is what are the wrong priorities? And sure. in, in this, that's the distinction I really want to draw. Um, I'm looking at schools and infrastructure, and believe me, like I said, toll roads are a sliver of it, but there's, we need to attend to our sure. infrastructure uh, and health care. Um, the wrong priorities are, I, we're tired of hearing about things like a bathroom bill. Why uh -huh. are we consuming so much time talking about an issue that so few people care about that really doesn't appear to do any good for us? Uh, things like the, and, and, I, and I dare go into this as well, the so-called show me your papers bill. Uh, which which generated a lot of controversy. Um, there's a great deal of concern about illegal immigration in Texas, and one reason is because we're on the border, right, and, and we yeah. deal with that population more than other states. So, but, so there's this idea that we're going to have police able to go around and ask anybody with dark hair to show them their papers. Um, I think that was a wrong priority because law enforcement throughout the state testified in the legislature and said, this is a bad idea for law enforcement. It will make our streets mm -hmm. less safe. It will make our jobs harder. Well, mm -hmm. however you might feel about this, in this immigration topic, I'm going to respect the experts, and that's law enforcement. And to me, it's the wrong priority to try to make some sort of political statement, um, which goes directly contrary to our overall objective, which is improving our safety. Yep. Arizona, uh, Arizona invested in that idea that he got a complete turnaround and Joe Arpaio is living the dream of that. And so, but exactly yeah. the, the small things, the small things that, you know, the, like you said, the bathroom bill is one of those things that are, but, but, you know, I, I think another one, because I don't know why, you know, I'm, I'm just one of these guys know that, you know, we're never going to get guns away from people in this country. I don't think anybody has the ability to change that. Uh, so I think that's another one I think is a useless topic almost. Well, it, it's, it's useless to talk about taking guns away because there's a Second Amendment that says, according to our Supreme Court, um, you get to have a gun under the Second Amendment. And you know what? The Supreme Court's the people who decide that kind of issue. So 
any any person, whatever party you're in, who wants to spend time talking about take, taking guns away, I think you're wasting your time. Uh, and I don't have any problem with people owning guns. And as you point out, even if I did, we're not taking them away. The the bigger issue, and I think it's actually, compared to these other things, I think it's a much simpler issue, stuff like background checks. Uh, I think in excess of 80% of NRA members favor universal background checks. This shouldn't be so hard. We need to give people some assurance that we are willing to have gun safety regulation without trampling on the rights of gun owners. Nobody intends to. So we've we've got a few things that we can do in the area of gun control. Uh, I'm disappointed that the lieutenant governor is so adamantly opposed to a red flag law. Um, you know, Florida just enacted one. Other states that have done it uh, in the past have seen it reduce the number of suicides. It does not interfere with gun owners' rights in any substantial way. Um, you know, why we get all emotional about this. Uh, in, in opposition to this, I don't know. There's a few simple things we can do to make people a little safer. Um, and most gun owners are in favor of some fairly simple, straightforward gun safety regulation. Yeah, and that's why, you know, we're, we're in a state where people used to drive around with guns in the back of their windows. Now we don't, obvious reasons. But, uh, yeah, so I, as far as Texas and what's going on here, I think you're right. That's not a priority for this date because we already know how most people feel and that it's not going to get changed over. Now, that having been said, with the few minutes that we got left, what are some of the, what is, uh, the concerns that you have that you want people to know that you're on? What are some things that I'm concerned about? That you want the people to know that you're concerned about, yes. All right. Well, we've covered quite a few of them. Um, one of the things that we haven't talked about so far is uh, the respect for local control. Um, I, I do believe that you're, you're closer to your city council person and your school board trustee than you are to your state representative or senator or governor or lieutenant governor or railroad commissioner. And, and these are the people that you have access to. They're the ones you see in the grocery store. They're the ones that are most responsive to you and who you can vote out of office or vote back into if you don't approve of their performance. Um, and I think that there's been a trend in, in the state government uh, among the uh, Dan Patrick Dunhuffine's wing to try to take some of that uh, autonomy away from cities and uh, to replace the judgment in Austin. And I, I think that's just out of step with what Texas is all about. Um, for about 100 years, we've had this notion of local control factor prominently into our, in, into our system of government. Uh, in Texas, yes. we don't we don't tax the heck out of people, and we don't take a bunch of tax money and redistribute it to the cities and pay for their projects. We pretty much tell the cities, all right, you guys are responsible for taking care of yourselves, raise your own money. Uh, now we come along, and the state is trying to tell the cities, okay, you guys take care of yourselves, and we're going to tell you how much you can tax your citizens. And I will tell you that I've talked to city council people uh, school board trustees, CFOs for school districts, nobody ever wants to raise taxes. They're always thrilled to lower taxes. And from time to time, not infrequently, they do lower taxes. So I think that kind of issue ought to be left to local discretion, uh, along with many other issues of local authority. Um, you know, somebody was asking me today about um, red light cameras. My, you want to know my view on red light cameras? My view is that you and your city council person ought to decide it. Whatever my view about it is, I think that's a local issue. There's data out there. There's, there's different ways to read it. There's conflicting. I have one way of reading that data, but until there is a pretty clear consensus on that, why would somebody in Lufkin tell someone in Rowlett whether or not to have a red light camera? Why isn't that a local matter? And I think we've got enough to do. We've got to set our priorities on state-level projects, four basic functions, education, healthcare infrastructure, safety, and criminal justice. I don't want to be paying attention to red light cameras because I don't have time. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. There are a lot of other things that you as a senator would have to worry about more so for the betterment of your the constituents in your area more so than your red light. What does that mean? You're absolutely right. Now, one last question, and I know it's not an easy one. But I'll, I'm going to throw it out there, and it's one of one of my biggest questions from anybody who runs for a political office, especially whether it be a, a senator, uh, as far as 
term uh, term limits. Should do you believe there should be term limits on folks that are in uh, in places of power, such as being a senator? I, I'm more or less in favor of term limits. I, I don't think they should be short because I do think there is a, a value to institutional knowledge. I think uh, it takes it takes a while to get good at anything you do and to understand how a place works. Uh, but you know, having people in there for a series of decades. Um, that bothers me. And I think term limits, if, if they're uh, set at the right levels, I think could, could go a long way towards ensuring that we have a continual flow of fresh ideas, uh, fresh people, and not too much accumulation of power in a few hands. Uh, so, so yes, I, I favor um, term limits if they're set wisely. I do too. I see too many of them go to Washington with nothing and come back with millions. It doesn't make very much sense to me, but that's just me. But uh, <laughs> we have been on my end. I'll tell you, Nathan, I appreciate you even answering some of the questions, especially the toll one where I kind of jumped in there. It's one of the, that is one of my beefs within the city, but you're, you're at, I think I agree with you to a certain extent and don't, like you said, I don't think we're ever going to be on a place where everybody's going to be 100%, but also going towards the better uh, betterment of your area, obviously the area that you're running for, uh, which is the uh, it's District 16 that you're running for on the Democratic side. I appreciate your and time here. And that's going to do it for this edition with On the Air with Sonny Clark. We'd like to thank again Nathan Johnson. He is thank you very much for the conversation. running for the Texas State Senate in District 16 as, you know, working really hard trying to get those votes and everything else, taking the time to speak to people who um, have the opportunity to vote for him. Um, I'm glad we're able to get him on for a couple of minutes anyway uh, in the special edition of On the Air with Sonny Clark. When we come back next time, folks, um, we're going to bring in more people that are running for offices and things like that. So keep your eyes and ears open for On the Air with Sonny Clark, our special edition for our Rowlett citizens. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.